0: so people were like we need something like this asap because we don't want to be caught in a situation where someone is speaking out publicly and saying i've been harassed at my company and we didn't know about it and so we actually had customers signed full year long contracts with us before we had a product
1: welcome to the vitalize podcast i'm your host Justin Gordon the director of marketing here at vitalize venture capital On today's episode, we have Claire Schmidt, founder and CEO of All Voices, an employee feedback management platform that empowers employees to anonymously provide feedback, ask questions, share positive input, and report harassment, bias, or cultural issues directly to their company's leadership. Quite the story to get to this point. Claire breaks down all of that in this episode. Let's dive in. Claire, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you so much.
1: Yes, and for people who don't know what All Voices is, How would you describe All
0: Voices? So All Voices is an employee feedback management platform. Um, And we've gone through many different ways of describing what it is that we do, but that seems to be the best description. Um, And essentially we have a software platform that enables employees to speak up in real time about any issues they're experiencing at work um, or questions or feedback or serious concerns. Um, And then it gives HR leaders and other leaders within the organization, um, the ability to receive that information, respond, um, and take action on a more holistic level as well.
1: I definitely want to get into eventually how this applies to remote work versus in-person, how this has gone for you. But let's take a step back and say, how did this company get started in the first place, Claire?
0: So I was working as vice president of technology and innovation at 20th Century Fox and spent a lot of time thinking about old sort of broken systems and processes and how technology could be used to make those better. Um, and while I was there, I read Susan Fowler's blog post about her experience with harassment at Uber. Um, and I started thinking about how the employee experience for reporting issues is actually very broken within companies. Um, this was in 20, early 2017. So it was before the Me Too movement, before any of that, um, but it really stuck with me, and I started trying to think about whether technology could help facilitate a better experience for employees, um, and that the, the idea was that if employees were, were more able to speak up and more willing to speak up about things sooner, companies could receive that information and actually take action on it, help address it um, before problems got out of control. Um, so it would really be like a win-win for the employee and the employer. So that was my thinking, um, very early on and did a bunch of research, realized there was an appetite for this on both sides. And that was what encouraged me to ultimately leave my job and, and do it full-time.
1: Take me through that, like taking the leap to actually go about this full-time. I've talked to a lot of entrepreneurs before who some go part-time on the side for months and months, some just clean break, they jump right in. What was that for you?
0: Um, I'm a researcher. So like I research for months and months and months. Um, I didn't, I never like planned to be an entrepreneur first of all. So that was not my, my goal. Um, I'd seen a lot of friends do it and it always seemed so hard. And I just felt like I'm not going to do that unless there's something that, you know, I'm really, really passionate about. And even then I've always sort of thought like, I could be a good like COO. I could be a good second in command. I don't need to be kind of like the star. Um, and I was working on this and doing research and trying to really understand the space. And every single thing was just pointing me towards like, you have to do this. You have to do this. And everything was really pointing me towards like, this is important. This is needed out in the world. You have to try to work toward finding a solution. Um and that was coming from all of the interviews I was doing with HR leaders and lawyers and CEOs and also with employees. And it, it seemed to me that if you're going to create a tool or a platform that's going to connect um, two parties and and provide information between them, um, information transfer between them, and they're both telling you, yes, we want this, <laughs> um, that's meaningful. And so ultimately it was just something that I could not stop thinking about and did not want to stop thinking about. And at the end of the day, like, if you can work on something that you feel that passionately about, that's that's so lucky. And so that's what I ended up doing
1: with that too? Go a little bit deeper in that feedback you were getting from both sides? what What were the company's challenges they were having, things they were saying around that, and then the opposite side with the employees because, we're in an interesting time now in the world of work. Um, A lot of remote work and people kind of hybrid and thinking about going to the office, not going to the office. But back then when you started at least, what was some of that feedback you were getting around that?
0: So at the time, um, there were starting to be rumblings of the Me Too movement over the summer of 2017. It was especially happening in like the VC industry at that time. Um, And there were a lot of conversations about like, who's overseeing, you know, founder VC dynamics and relationships and who do founders go to when they experience something like harassment. And it was, um, and I was talking to a lot of founders and CEOs and, um, lawyers and trying to get an understanding of not just that, but, um, the corporate world. Um, what about on movie sets? What about in all these different contexts? Um, what are employees options for speaking up? How, can they feel more comfortable speaking up? Um, and, and are there any tools out there today that might be helpful to them? And pretty much everyone I talked to was like, there aren't really, but that would be a great idea. Um, yeah. and that's unique. I mean, I've helped kind of research startups before. And, um, a lot of times the messages you get are much more mixed than that. And I was kind of getting resounding, like, Yes, this is an area of opportunity. This is an area that needs innovation. Um, you should definitely you should definitely look into this and spend more time there.
1: With that through those conversations and I'm thinking about a few different things. One being if it's a super small company, you get feedback, you kind of know who it's from probably. If it's a huge company, it's a little bit different. But how do you think about the companies you would go after you would start with initially because you have this idea, which obviously you're getting amazing feedback from, you know it's gonna be really useful once you can build this out and everything too. Where did you even go in terms of thinking about, okay, this is who we're going to start with. We're going to start with them. I'm curious about that.
0: It was such an interesting time because I like stepped down from my job at Fox. I think the week of Harvey Weinstein, um, being publicly accused. And so I think it was actually a few days before that I like said that I was resigning. Um, But then I stayed on for a little while just to like wrap up everything I was working on and started having conversations in the the wake of that with potential customers. So people who were like, we need something like this ASAP because we don't want to be caught in a situation where someone is speaking out publicly and saying, I've been harassed at my company and we didn't know about it. That was everyone's kind of concern and fear. Um, And so we actually had like, customers signed like signed full year long contracts with us before we had a product um, wow. because of that environment and that climate. So I was demoing like a PDF to them of like, this is what it will look like.
1: Um, how did you, how did you keep up with that then in terms of you that reaction was great. Timing was great. Obviously product market fit in like a very clear way in some way, like, but building the actual product, then keeping up with that demand, like how did that go for you then too?
0: Well, all of the people working, so I was fundraising like pretty much right out as I left Fox um, just to try to hire some engineers to build the product. And so, yeah, it felt like a real rush. Like we have to get something done. We, there's all these people waiting, um, but we had to make sure it was incredibly secure. We had to build it with encryption. Like this is not just like a Google form, right? It had to be incredibly sophisticated. It had to facilitate not only the initial reporting from employees, um, but also encrypted two-way communication between employees and leadership. We knew that the data itself would be incredibly sensitive, so we had to build in sort of best in class security practices throughout the product. And so it, it felt like, yes, we. it felt like a rush, but at the same time, I knew if we did not do it right the first time we would never recover from like making a serious mistake. And so we actually spent like five months building the product just to make sure to get it right.
1: Yeah. That eroding the trust early on, like that would have been obviously terrible from yes. this product. It's like, yes. there it is. That's it. That's kind of like, it ruins it from there. As yes. you got people on on board, you get product built in five months, companies on board What were some of the, you know, feedback you're getting, data you're getting from that around what you're seeing, what was needed, evolution of kind of how all voices evolved from, you know, that was 2018, 2017 to, you know, 2021 now. Like, what were some of the learnings from that you were seeing from these companies?
0: So the first version, I mean, I almost can't look at it now because it was so rough, right? (laughs) In every way, rough. And this is me thinking it's perfect. We can finally, you know, let our customers (laughs) start using it. Um, But- So it was a little rough in terms of not just the aesthetics, but like the functionality and the language and everything like that. Um, We also at that time didn't yet have, we had communication coming from employees to us and companies to us. And then we were like mediating. And what we found was nobody really wanted that. Um, Employees actually wanted to talk to someone who could resolve the issue for them. And that's not us, right? We don't work at that company. We don't know their policies. We can't, you know, conduct an investigation without being asked to by the company. Um, And then the company wanted to talk to the employees. They were like, let us talk to them. Let us hear from them. Let us figure out what they need. Um, So the encrypted communication channel that we had previously built actually needed to be redone so that it connected the employee and their company. Um, And I think in the past, people had thought, well, third parties are good because they're neutral or, you know, they're impartial or they can give good advice. What we realized is if you give the employees the control in the situation and the ability to be anonymous if they want to when reporting an issue, they're actually fine to have a conversation with the company. It's that in some cases, they don't want to sit down across from someone and say something that's incredibly sensitive and and risky and could, could cause them to experience retaliation. So that was one very early piece of feedback we took to heart right away. We changed the product Um and almost everybody now who's using it doesn't even really know that that's how it started out.
1: With that too. So with COVID hitting, uh, this is being recorded in 2021 in December. So in 2020, you're seeing that hit. That obviously changes a lot in terms of where people are, are working. They're not in person anymore they're remote. How did the product evolve, use cases evolve, that all happen as you're seeing that kind of shift? And then from that to like now there's this whole question do you go back or not? Like, tell me through some of the evolution of all voices from that.
0: Yeah, I mean, so we started with one module, which was like allowing employees to report harassment, discrimination, bias, mistreatment, bullying, like that whole kind of type of issue. Um, and very quickly, what we found was employees actually are using this tool to report, you know, other types of issues, working long hours, being micromanaged. Um stuff going on in their company culture that's very unique to that company, right? Um, why do we have this policy in place? Or why did we change this? Um, asking questions. And so we started to see the actual, the the very broad use cases of the tool, um, that it wasn't just for the most serious types of concerns, that it could be for, for really anything. Um, so we expanded the tool drastically over the next couple of years so that as we went into 2020... Um, we already had a diversity, equity, and inclusion module, a culture module, the original module, and we also had general feedback and questions. And so that was great because as things were changing so quickly with COVID, um, employees were worried about their health and safety. They were worried about, you know, remote work. They were worried about childcare. They were worried about getting sick. Like there were so many concerns and also this kind of at the at the early in the early days of the pandemic, there was an overarching concern of like, is our company going to make it? Am I going to yeah. have my job? Um, which I think was causing employees to use the tool more rather than speaking up directly because a they aren't in person, so they can't have a, what feels like a more intimate conversation. B there seems to be higher risk associated with you know being the squeaky wheel if your company is going to start going through layoffs. So we saw a huge spike in usage. And then that stayed really high because then we saw the George Floyd murder and all of the conversations that were happening about diversity and inclusion um, and companies, you know, behavior kind of privately not matching what was happening publicly and what they were saying publicly. So the way I think about it now is like what's happening in the world is constantly changing, especially now we're living in a very interesting time. There will always be things that employees don't necessarily feel comfortable speaking up in person about, and not all employees, but some employees. And so to have an always-on listening tool that the the usage may shift over time and the things that people are speaking up about may shift over time, but that the, the functionality remains constant is incredibly valuable and is going to continue to be valuable, like you said, about some of these conversations around return to work or hybrid like people's comfort levels are shifting. There's new variants, there's new policies, there's new, you know, boosters needed. Like it's a very, very complicated um, set of issues. And so letting people voice yeah. their concerns through channels like this, I think is is just more and more important as as things evolve.
1: Even thinking about that now and your experience and having obviously talked to these companies and everything as well, like what do you think companies can do to be more proactive on this in terms of, Obviously, there's going to be issues always that come up, but obviously in terms of building a great company culture, just from what you've seen the last number of years, like obviously there's always like reacting to things and how you handle those situations, but also proactively. Anything on that you'd like to share? I would be curious to hear more.
0: Yeah. I mean, one of the first features we built was like an analytics dashboard because it's not just about one person, right? One person is maybe voicing something that multiple people are experiencing, Um And so if you have the data visible to you and you can start to dig into patterns and trends and understand, you know, spikes in reporting and understand types of reports or or feedback by department or by location, you can start to act proactively. So, okay, we've had like five reports about bullying in our sales department. This might be a culture issue. Is it related to the management style? Is it related to the way, you know, things are communicated? Is it There's a really joking, like funny, joking culture that some people are getting offended by, like trying to drill down into what's going on here really starts with having some data. Um, And for us, our job is to, because we aren't involved, right, we have to create automated ways of surfacing insights for our customers so that they know where to look Um, and then give them the sort of flexibility and the. Um, ability to analyze and cut the data in the way that they want to do it as well
1: with i mean we kind of touched a little bit but with companies thinking about even that decision of do you go fully remote hybrid like how do you go through that a lot of companies obviously are thinking about that right now what do you think that those conversations should be like with with their with their employees getting feedback from them like how they go about that uh, I'd love to just hear your opinion on diving deeper into that side because I think it's applicable for a every company basically right now.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think, so I think surveys are great, right? Because surveys can tell you kind of on average or overall, this is how our, this is where our company, uh, where our employees stand on things. I will say sometimes employees don't trust that those surveys are truly anonymous. And so they may not be as honest as, as through um, a service like ours, where anonymity is really at the forefront, but let's say everyone's honest and you get survey data and you find, you know, X percent of people want to go back to the office, Y percent of people want to stay remote. Obviously, then the next step is to try to figure out what to do with that information. And at some point in time, you do have to make a decision around what the policy is. And you can say it was informed by the survey or um, it was informed by the all voices feedback that we've been getting, right? But then I think the, the piece that not as many people think about is like, what happens next? Like, then you start to move into the execution of that plan. And people are going to have different perspectives um, and experiences once that starts to happen, right? There's what we think we want and then there's what we want or what ends up actually working for us. So having some kind of listening tool in place so that you can track like how things are progressing over time um, and people can raise their hand and voice a concern, not when they're being surveyed, but when they're experiencing something. I think it's hugely important. And then responding individually to each person can be super helpful because sometimes some people need to be like coached through something or they need to be told like, hey, this is totally understandable and, you know, this is not something you need to be nervous about and you can come talk to me about this. We'll get you a new monitor and, you know, don't worry. Yeah. And it sounds kind of like – small potatoes but those are the kinds of things that that bother employees and that they struggle with and so knowing what's going on with them and being able to respond kind of on an individual level and at a holistic level is critical as you're starting to make changes in the way that your company operates
1: so all voices is doing all this and helping a lot of companies there's some big company names on your website as well. Taking a step back, then you have, obviously you're running a company, like this is what you do. So take me through that meta, like using these insights and things you're building to then like come back to your own culture. Cause I, I've seen before where it's like someone's building a health company. They don't take care of their health because it's the craziness of building a company. And it's like, that is so tricky to do for you and running your own company Then and get great company culture at all voices. How do you manage that? How does that kind of influence what you see with others and come back to your own company culture too?
0: Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, we have to walk the walk because we are spending all day telling other companies how to build great company cultures. Like, we have to have a great company culture. So, it starts with hiring, right? We have to make sure that we're hiring people who are not only smart and ambitious, but also kind. Um, I think that's the first step. Make sure that the people that you hire, because they're the ones that are representing you out in the world, they're the ones that are interacting with each other. Like, that's more important than even me and my style, um, I would argue. And and one of the things that we really wanted to do with All Voices to help companies build cultures that are, that are built not only from the top down, but from the bottom up. And so how do you do that? You listen to employees and you provide different channels for them to share their perspectives. So we use our own tool at All Voices. So If somebody has a comment or a question or concern for me, they can always use the tool to share it. Um, And I respond to them. I I also build a lot of like empathy and understanding for our customers by using our tool because I'm like, here's the things that I struggle with. Here's what I would like to see more of. Um, And then doing a lot of we have pulse surveys in our tool as well. So doing a lot of pulse surveys once I start to get feedback about a certain topic. um, We're 25 employees now. So When one person raises their hand and says something, that's great. I can respond to them, but I also need to understand, um, for other people, what is their perspective? So one example of this is we're, I was just looking at our benefits. We just raised our series a, I'm, I was like, okay, now we can afford to give a couple more benefits to employees. Um, what do people want? And I'm not sitting from my position as CEO and saying, here's what I think we should do first, then we'll do this, then we'll do this. Like I'm not looking out in the market and saying, this is what my competitors are doing. So we're going to do those same things. I'm asking our employees. Um, So the top two benefits that were requested were actually not the things I would have done. One of them, I didn't even put in the dropdown for force (laughs) ranking, right? Like that's how much you need to start listening to employees because they might bring up something. The majority of our employees wanted 401k matching. And like, oh, wow. I was like, do you want a vacation stipend? Do you want us to pay for your cell phone? Do you want? And it was like, no, 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 no. We want <laughs> 401k match." So, and so we did that. So that's launching January 1st. That wouldn't have happened had I not started with listening.
1: Yeah. That's, it's such a huge thing. It can be overlooked that it's, it seems like of course, you just listen to, your, but but then a lot of people don't do it, so it's, mm-hmm. it's just maybe not as obvious as we think. And we're almost out of time, so real quick, I'm just curious to, to double click on you what you mentioned with obviously smart, ambitious people to hire, but also being kind. How do you gauge that? How do you analyze that? Is it just through the conversations you have with them? Is it talking to other people who work with them? Like take me through how you've done that with your company.
0: It's a combination of those things. It's it's how they conduct themselves in the process. Like you'd be surprised by how many people are like rude or difficult <laughs> or unkind <laughs> trying to get a job. Like I, yeah. it shocks me, but it happens all the time. Um, especially a job at a mission oriented company like ours. I'm just so surprised when that happens, but it happens. Um, yeah. also reference checking, asking the right questions during interviews, all of that is so important. Um, but we have done such a good job with that. And we have an incredibly collaborative team. Everybody's like really supportive of each other. So, so far, I think we're doing great. We just have to keep it going.
1: Yes. And also congrats on that Series A and Vitalize is an investor in All Voices, just as I mentioned that. But where's the best place for people to learn more about All Voices as well as connect with you they would like to, Claire?
0: So our website is a great resource, actually. Um, it's c o. Um, and we have, you know, podcasts, we have webinars, we have blog posts, we have everything you might, um, want to check out if you want to learn more. And then of course, like our LinkedIn and Twitter and Instagram and stuff like that. And then you can always email me at claire at AllVoices.co If you want to ask a question or want your company to start using all voices or really anything.
1: Sounds good. Claire, thank you so much for the time today. Thank you. Hey, thanks for listening. If you want to learn more about us, head on over to Vitalize.VC. You can also follow us on Twitter at VitalizeVC. Or you can follow me on Twitter at Gordon 212 Have a great day, and I'll talk to you in the next episode.